The Brandon Tatum Show is on KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Welcome back to the Brandon Tatum Show every Saturday at 6 p.m. If you're not following me on my social media platforms, you need to follow me at The Officer Tatum. The Officer Tatum. I have nearly gotten 200,000 new subscribers on my YouTube channel, so y'all make sure y'all tune into my YouTube. Got a lot of great stuff going on. Um, Also, I was featured in a movie that just came out called Uncle Tom. You can find that movie at UncleTom.com. Put in discount code Brandon and you will get a 20% discount on downloading that video or renting that movie. Um, I'm telling you to change your life. I'm going to talk about it in the second segment. But in the first segment, I want to talk about the COVID-19 updates. This is continuing to dominate the sphere of uh, news and uh, all of our lives. I mean, we're, we're still being affected by COVID-19 or what they are claiming as COVID-19. Now, let me say this, and everybody that watch my show know how I feel about COVID-19. I am increasingly becoming more concerned and believing that this is one of the biggest scams in our country's history. It's not that people are dying. I'm not saying that people are not dying. I'm not saying that it's not affecting people in our country. But the level of outrage, the level of uh, destruction that has occurred uh, based on a virus that's not much more powerful as far as death toll than the flu, it, it I, I can't handle it anymore. It, it, I'm so frustrated. And I've gone around the country, I've traveled during this pandemic, and you go certain places and you got to wear a mask at the restaurant. Some people aren't wearing masks. You got to wear a mask on an airplane. They tell you if you don't wear a mask on an airplane, they're gonna, you may not be able to fly anymore on their airlines. But then you're sitting right next to somebody pretty much with your thigh on their thigh, your hand in their lap. And that's not a problem. And there's no way that they're disinfecting or are doing a, a good job at disinfecting the airlines. They're not doing that. They can barely get the staff on and off without the plane being delayed. And yet they want you to wear a mask, but you're laying over on top of each other, crammed into an airplane. So, and the circulation of air on an aircraft is not like open air where you, you know, open up your windows in your house or you walk out on the patio and you get fresh air. This is circulated air going through an airplane, but you need to wear a mask. It's absolutely ridiculous. Let's talk about what's going on in Arizona. Um, As of last Thursday, or this past Thursday, there's been about 43,000 cases of COVID-19, including 1,200 deaths. Now, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it every time I get on the radio. There are 7 million people that live in the state of Arizona. 7 million, ladies and gentlemen. There is 1,200 people that have died from COVID-19. 1200 so if you're walking around thinking that if you don't wear a mask or if you you know unless you have pre-existing conditions then you you, you're a person that is at risk but if you're an everyday average person and you feel like if you don't have a mask on to somebody next to you you don't have a mask on you're gonna croak from COVID-19 it's just not that's just not the case Um, also they can't tell any of the citizens of this state how many individuals actually died from COVID-19 actually died i don't know i don't know how they're even testing people are they dying with COVID or dying from COVID? that's something that i need doug ducey and others to to clarify and and then when you look at the cases there's twenty three thousand cases and in maricopa county there's twenty three thousand cases there's four million people in maricopa county four million 
And Doug Ducey and, and others, I don't know if they're going to be very clear about this, but they are ramping up testing. They're ramping up testing. Arizona, as well as Texas and Florida, have increased their tests significantly um, during this pandemic situation. But here, here's the funny part that I think people need to recognize and, and think to themselves about is that, do y'all remember when they pretty much downplayed COVID-19 when all the protests were going on, people riding in the streets. In Arizona, I think they protested every day for like a week straight, over a week straight. Um, they didn't say nothing. All of a sudden, they are blaming the restaurant industry for large crowds and that the COVID-19 is increasing. And But they didn't blame any of the protests and riots that have gone on across the entire country for anything. And I guarantee you, just looking at the videos, they were not social distancing at all. They weren't even trying. Um, sweating out there, getting in physical altercations. And we're not going to say anything about that. We're going to brush that under the rug. But restaurants and bars are the problem. Let me tell you how stupid this is. And I use the word stupid when, when I am referring to something that, that makes me want to say a cuss word, but I don't want to cuss on the air. Now, Doug Ducey is going to, I think he's going to make a requirement for restaurants specifically, and then he's going to leave it up to the municipalities uh, to make their own decision about other restrictions around COVID-19. But the restaurants and bars are now um, required for all servers and host staff and employees that interact with customers to have masks. Now, then riddle me this, ladies and gentlemen, how dumb is that? Think about this for a minute. You couldn't, restaurants can't have no more than about 20, 30 staff that interact with the public. But you have thousands of people coming in and out the restaurant. The mask don't help the person with the mask on. The mask is, is made to prevent the person wearing it for spitting saliva, being dashed onto surfaces, and potentially reduce very minimally um, the amount of I could say virus that's coming out of your mouth in case you have it. But if you don't have it and none of you, none of the staff members on your uh, at your restaurant have COVID-19, what is the point? But then you're going to let patrons go into into the restaurants and just do whatever they want. It, it's, it's crazy to me, ladies and gentlemen. It's absolutely asinine. Um, so Doug Ducey, in my personal opinion, I think that he. He's like any he's like any other politician, man. They 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 are struggling to hold up their backbone due to political correctness. Now, Doug Ducey isn't up for re-election as the governor, but he is potentially. Um, he has the ability to run for office to some other capacity. So, is he gonna take a chance? Is he gonna be uh, the sacrificial lamb to do what's right and risk his reputation? Probably not. If they are trying to implement mandatory masks to wear in public, they have another thing coming because I'll be damned if I wear a mask in public and be required. And all of this defunding the police talk, who's going to enforce it? We'll talk about uh, the, the movie that I was in coming up next. You listen to the Brandon Tatum Show. Hold the phone. Brandon Tatum, KTAR News, 92.3 FM.
Brandon Tatum, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Welcome back to the Brandon Tatum Show every Saturday at 6 p.m. If you're not following me on social media, please follow me at The Officer Tatum, The Officer Tatum on all of my social media platforms. Let's talk about this new movie that just came out. Um, It's called Uncle Tom. Now, many of you listening to this probably heard of the word Uncle Tom, and most people know it as a derogatory term uh, typically used against black people by black people. And Uncle Tom's Cabin, which is a book that you can read. I'm not sure if they made a movie or a documentary about it, but it's a, a, a book called Uncle Tom's Cabin. In that book, Uncle Tom was actually the hero, risked his life to free slaves. He was the good guy. But for some reason, ignorant folk like to use the word Uncle Tom as a derogatory term against black folks that do not think like them. If you are not a brainwashed black person that believes everything that the status quo black person is supposed to believe, you are called an Uncle Tom. Now, in the spirit of the word, in the spirit of the nature behind the word, um, a producer named Justin decided that he was going to compile the voices of people all over the country, black people all over the country who were considered Uncle Toms by the mainstream uh, thought leaders. And the movie is brilliant. The movie is absolutely brilliant. I was at the screening of the of the movie yesterday and I literally I literally cried because it was so powerful to be in the same room with people like Larry Elder, Colonel Allen West, and, and many other black leaders who are so intelligent, who are so powerful in their voices in their leadership, some of which who lived through Jim Crow. I mean, just to be in a room with individuals like that was just so impactful. And you can find the movie at UncleTom.com. You put in discount code Brandon and you'll get 20% off. I think it's like $19.99 to to rent the movie. Um, And we're going to do that for several months, I think. And then it's going to be available on other platforms. But for now, it's available on UncleTom.com. So the spirit behind the movie and the totality of the movie is to illustrate the oral history of black people in America from a real perspective. Right. I consider this to be the real history, Um, the history that black people weren't downtrodden and and oppressed every inch of the way as we lived in this country all the way up into 2020. That's just not the case. We, we We tell stories about successful black people too. Uh, when you watch movies, you only see black people as slaves, black people as as the Negro that's struggling and that the white man got his foot on his neck. And, you know, it's just the con- perpetuation of black victimhood. But when you really learn the history of black people in America, that wasn't the totality of the experience of black people. There were many successful black people, many successful black businesses. Uh, Black Wall Street, which is was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is where the president of the United States is doing a rally. Um, I believe the rally is today. Uh, so but he he's doing the uh, the rally there where we had Black Wall Street. Black Wall Street was a I mean, just just like Wall Street. But it was black folks who put their money together, entrepreneurial businesses, and it was burned down, burned to the ground by racist individuals. And in and, and regular history that you hear, which I think is false history, 
or at least misleading history, they only talk about the fact that racist white people burned down this successful black city, uh, but they don't tell you what party affiliation. They don't tell you that it was Democratic led individuals who burned down Tulsa, Oklahoma, who, who destroyed the black community and who has destroyed the black community historically. I mean, when you look at the 13th, 14th and 15th Amendment, the amendments that uh, abolished slavery, gave black people rights in this country and also the right to vote. When I say rights, I mean citizenship rights and then the right to vote, respectively, 13th, 14th and 15th Amendment. When you look at those amendments and you look at who voted for those amendments, overwhelming Democrats voted, did not vote in favor of those amendments. Um, Republicans unanimously voted for all of the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment. I think maybe the 13th Amendment, you had a very small number of Democrats that voted in favor of it. And I think you had unanimously zero Democrats vote for the 14th and 15th Amendment. Um, and you, and you, some people think that the Democrat is the party of, of African-American success, and that's just not true. Um, so this movie kind of orates that, that history that is almost a forgotten history, almost uh, the history that people try to avoid. You know, the Ku Klux Klan. I found out that the Ku Klux Klan was a, the 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 uh, political arm of the Democratic Party, and people don't realize that. You can go through the to the uh, Black History Museum in D.C. and they have artifacts proving that the KKK was a part of the Democratic platform, and many other things that happened in our history. Um, think about today, all of the most rundown cities in this country that primarily black people live in, the most murderous cities in this country where black people are getting murdered at rates that are out, outrageous and they're not murdered by white people, they're murdered by other black people, but the downtrodden, the uneducated, the uh, people who are suffering economically um, in some cases, no fault of their own. These are Democratic-run cities. These are Democratic leaders, politicians, city city council members who are implementing policies to destroy, I don't know if it's intentional or just negligent or ignorance. Think about it just for one minute. The first politicians who were Black, the first Black politicians were Republicans. And then, obviously, there's a tremendous manipulation that went on in my personal opinion, uh, with the welfare state, the Great Society, Lyndon Baines Johnson, and I mean there is more to it, but that's one of the, the the focal points that you can pinpoint, and you can see the uh, change of the black vote going over to the Democratic Party. And if you ask me, uh, think about it to yourself. What have the Democrats done for the black community in the United States of America since Jim Crow? Nothing. They have really done nothing. Black people in America are complaining about racism more so. They are complaining about being uh, underprivileged or complaining about being oppressed or discriminated against almost more so than they were in the 70s, in the 60s, even during Jim Crow South. And look at it today. Look at the riots. Look at pundits getting on television almost 24 hours claiming that white people have been wronging black people on a continuous basis, even as of 2020. You have athletes, 
who make hundreds of millions of dollars complaining about oppression while white people buy their jerseys and sell out tickets to their games at probably 80 percent uh, of their revenue is probably coming from white people and white people love these football players love these basketball players they support them they honor them they acknowledge them as leaders or even as role models and yet the same people are complaining that black people are getting treated unfairly in this country mind you somebody like myself has a radio show on ktar and where's the oppression and these are the things that we talk about in the movie what we bring to light is that i personally think that much of what's going on much of the oppression that's claimed the white privilege all of that is mental brainwashing and mental a mental slavery that has been perpetuated so politicians and activists can can make money off of your pain and suffering black people are not oppressed in the united states of america i will say that and put my name my reputation and my life behind that overall black people are not oppressed in the united states of america there's no oppressive laws against african americans in this country for instance went to a restaurant earlier walked in the restaurant lady told me you need to wear a mask um, I said, fine, we eating outside. I'm not wearing a mask. I didn't tell her that, but I'm like, I'm going to eat outside because I'm not going to wear a mask in here. I respect businesses. So if I'm going to your business, you want a mask, I'm going to wear the mask. But since the patio was open, I said, I'm going to go out in the patio. I'm not wearing a mask. Um, and then when we were leaving, we saw a white couple sitting at a table, two women. I don't know if they're a couple. They were together. They were sitting at a table. They didn't have a mask on. Nobody said anything to them as far as I know. Now, if my mind was totally in the gear of white people against black people, oppression, 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 racism, I would have taken that opportunity to say, look, here's an example of racism. Here's an example of prejudice because they asked us to have a mask on. They didn't ask them to have a mask on. And then the funny thing is I needed to go back in and use the restroom. I went in. There was a black guy in there with no mask on. So they may have mentioned it to me and a couple of other my friends who are black. But they also allow white people and black people to sit in there with no mask. And if you just take the time and not be brainwashed by this racist, racist, racial narrative, um, I think it'll begin to subside and it'll go away. Uncle Tom, the movie. Y'all need to go watch the movie. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I'm in it. Candace Owens is in the movie. Colonel West is in the movie. Larry Elder is in the movie. Um, one of my good friends, Damani Felder, is in the movie. A young man named Joe Patrick is in the movie. Um, Herman Cain is in the movie. I mean, we can go down a list. We got excerpts from Thomas Sowell. Uh, I mean, you can go. I can go down a list. I I I, I don't want to leave people's names out. But if you watch Uncle Tom the movie, uh, your soul will be satisfied. You will leave that movie different than you went into it. It's either gonna change the way you think forever or it's going to open up your understanding that there's a there's another perspective. So make sure you get Uncle Tom the movie. You listen to the Brandon Tatum show. I'll be back after the break. Hold the phone. Brandon Tatum, KTAR News, 92.3 FM.
This is the Brandon Tatum Show. The Brandon Tatum Show on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Welcome back to the Brandon Tatum Show every Saturday at 6 p.m. Make sure you follow me on my social media platforms at The Officer Tatum, The Officer Tatum, and check out the movie UncleTom.com. Make sure you put discount code Brandon Tatum or Brandon in. Uh, you'll get 20% off the rental of that movie. So let's talk about President Trump real quick. We, we spoke about uh, COVID-19 already, spoke about Uncle Tom the movie in the second segment. So now let's talk about President Trump and how uh, he his efforts are being seen, his efforts are applied to what's going on in America. And I'll talk a little bit about, uh, do I think he's going to win? Do I think he's going to actually win the 2020 election? So for starters, uh, we've all seen the police brutality claims around the country, which I think is a complete myth. I mean, there's p- police that do you know, poor conduct and sometimes people do get brutalized, but it's very, very rare in conjunction with the amount of interaction that people have with police that are very positive. So with all that is said, with George Floyd's death, which I think appeared to be a, uh, I would say an unjustified use of force that resulted or contributed to his death. Um, the other situation that came out was Rayshard Brooks, which Rayshard Brooks um, deserved to get shot. Now, did he deserve to die? I mean, that's up to God but he deserved to get shot for sure. And if I was in that position, I would have shot him way before they shot him. But those cases are being run through the media. The president and the and uh, Congress has responded. And when I say Congress, um, I'm speaking specifically of the executive order that President Trump has signed, his police reform bill that he signed, or executive order that he signed. And then there's a, a bill out of the Senate uh, Senate Republicans, they claim that it's bipartisan. Obviously, the Republicans have the majority in the Senate. They, they've they come up with a more robust uh, police reform bill. And then the House of Representatives run by the Democrats, they've come up with their own. We're going to talk about all three. So the president kind of briefly um, illustrated that there needs to be a database, co- a collection of police misconduct when it does occur. I agree with him a thousand percent. Chokeholds should be banned unless it's life or death situation, I agree with them 100%. Chokeholds have been banned in, in at the Tucson Police Department, I believe in the state of Arizona in general, unless it's a life and death situation, which makes sense to me. Um, but I do know there's other departments that probably utilize chokeholds um, as a form of use of force that's not a lethal use of force. I can see how that can go south. You do a chokehold on somebody that have pre-existing conditions, have a heart disease or asthma, or you can end up killing somebody. And if the use of force isn't intended to be a lethal use of force, then you've made a huge mistake by killing somebody in a less lethal situation. So I think that the president uh, made a good point. Now let's talk about, and I, well, let me let me go back. Let me keep, um, let me say, let me keep with the president talk because the president not only did a great thing by the executive order, when he did give his speech, I think that he did illustrate that he was bipartisan when I say bipartisan, I mean that he spoke to the families of some of these individuals who believed that they were wronged by police and police brutality situations. Um, obviously, some of the families he met with, like Amar Arbery's family, that wasn't even a police incident. But um, he met with the families and he also met with law enforcement and came to his conclusion. He went during his speech. You know, he threw in all of the positive things that he has done as the president. And he also threw in a lot of positive things 
truthful affirmations that police are doing the right thing uh, majority of the time and that we are committed to rooting out the bad police officers. Let's talk about the Republicans bill. I read the Republican bill in its totality. I read the entire Republican bill. Um, their bill, I think, is fair. I don't agree with everything in their bill, but I think it's fair. Um, I feel like there's a lot of verbiage. There's a lot of mandates in the Republican police reform bill that can be manipulated depending on who's the president. And I think if a Democrat gets in office, if you listen to their rhetoric, they're going to I think they can use that as a mechanism to leverage law enforcement agencies by withholding money. They articulated that they wanted no knock warrants to be reported, not eliminated, but reported. Um, the reason for the no knock warrants to be reported and to encourage agencies to be more mindful about no knock warrants. Hey, I don't think it's a problem with that. Obviously, you shouldn't abolish no knock warrants, but uh, to report them, to be more transparent about them, to hold agencies accountable for doing the right thing when getting no knock warrants, I'm 100% cool with that. Um, they wanted to give money to agencies to help with recruiting. Uh, I'm, I'm, I can see how that's a bipartisan effort. I can, I, I can be okay with it. I think that is kind of weird because I don't see why you would need to prioritize a particular race. You know, if black people want to be police officers, what do you need to spend more money to recruit them? They need to just go and be police officers. Um, if they don't want to, they're not going to be police officers, no matter what your recruiting is. And if you're if you don't have uh, media and the president and other politicians speaking well or positively of, of black uh, or police officers in the black community, they're not going to join. I don't care how much money you throw at them. So I don't want them to be able to hold departments accountable because they're not reaching quotas. Policing in any other profession is not meant for quotas. It's meant for the best person for the job. And if you black and you're not you're not uh, effective, you don't need to be a police officer, <laughs> you know. So and another thing that stood out to me about the Republican claimed bipartisan bill is that they want to hold departments accountable for the body worn cameras, meaning that. They need departments to be outfitted with body worn cameras, but they need to be appropriately used. And so therefore, if you are, I guess, mismanaging the use, meaning you're not turning the body worn cameras on at proper times, you can be defunded by the government, um, which is it's government funds, so it seems reasonable. You can be defunded by uh, up to 20% of government grants that you would have normally gotten um, if you're not participating properly. I think it can be an issue because if you hate the police and you're a politician, if you want departments to have the body-worn cameras worn and on and operating for the entire shift, even when the police officer goes to the restroom, I mean, and police officers have a problem with that, then that'll be a leverage point to defund them. I think it's asinine. But I can say as a former police officer that I think that although I don't agree with everything, I think it was fairly laid out in the Senate. Now, in the House of Representatives, it is a, I want to say a cuss word, but I'm not. It's a crap show. It is completely ridiculous of some of the leverage points that they've implemented in the House of Representatives. They want to abolish chokeholds completely, even in deadly force situations. They also want to eliminate no-knock warrants. Like, that makes no sense. To eliminate no-knock warrants. Let me just give you guys a quick synopsis of what that may look like. So you know when a pedophile is uh, on the internet and, and conducting internet crimes 
and the police officers detect who it is, majority it'll be an FBI uh, sting that goes on. And they go to this individual's house because I was actually on a FBI SWAT raid of the number one or number two pedophile in the state of Arizona. I was I assisted in that raid. Um, but when you go to his house and he's got the stuff on his computer, you don't want the police to no knock. You want them to knock on the door. What do you think? They're gonna, you're going to knock on the door. Uh, Mr. Pedophile, you're going to go to jail for the rest of your life and you're probably going to get abused in prison. Do you want to delete all of that evidence off of your computer now or after you let us in the house? You know what I'm saying? So it's 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 asinine to think that you wouldn't have no knock exceptions. Um, also, just say somebody like Dylan Ruth. People that know Dylan Ruth, he shot up a, a black church. Just say he shot the church up. He went home. There was information that he was in the home and that uh, they put out a warrant for his arrest. Now, in a situation with Dylan Ruth, it makes sense for you to have a no-knock warrant. So you can just blast through his house, give him no warning, and take him into custody. Now, if you don't have a no-knock exception, you're going to knock on the door and say, hey, Dylan, just so you know, uh, and I know you killed all those people at that church, and you're a massive murderer, and you care nothing about human life. Do you want to shoot us as we're, as we're knocking on the door, or you want to shoot us once you let us in the house? You, you get what I'm saying? So it's... it's it's asinine to think that you need to ban all no-knock warrants. Um, I think it's not thought out. It's activists who are coming up with legislation in the House of Representatives and the, and the Republicans, or not the Republicans, but the, the politicians are implementing those. Uh, the last thing before we take a break, because I probably got a minute left, they want to uh, eliminate immunity of police officers when they do things that are improper. Now, there is a immunity that police officers have because you're acting on behalf of the state. You're not going out as a private citizen to implement your own laws. You are acting on behalf of the state in good faith, um, especially when you make arrests. And if you make a mistake in making an arrest, you have protection to not have, have to have to be sued as an individual. And in some cases you can be sued as an individual if you are you know, in a wrongful death situation or something like that. But if you are involved in acting on behalf of the state and you shoot the wrong person in good faith, but you end up shooting the wrong person, um, you should be protected by the state because they're the ones that implemented those use of force policies. They're the ones that implemented the laws. And when you enforce those laws and bad things will happen, which there's a, it happens, they just leave you out to dry and you lose your whole savings because you got to fight your own battles in court. I mean, that's crazy. But the Democrats hate the police department. They hate America and, and the Democrat politicians, not the people. The Democratic politicians hate America. They hate law enforcement. And if you want more of it, keep voting for these Democrats. Anyway, we're going to talk a little bit more about Trump in, in the last segment. You listen to the Brandon Tatum show. Hold the phone. Brandon Tatum, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Brandon Tatum, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Brandon Tatum Show every Saturday at 6 p.m. Make sure you follow me on my social media platforms at The Officer Tatum, The Officer Tatum, and visit UncleTom.com. New movies just came out. I'm in it, so I want you to see it. Uh, put in discount code Brandon, you get 20% off. Let's talk about President Trump. Um, let's talk about the LGBTQ uh, new, I could say, court 
I don't want to say appeal. It's not an appeal. Obviously, a court decision that I think is very important to people in the gay community, uh, gay, lesbian and trans LGBTQ. I'm just going to use that. And I don't even know what Q mean, but just run with it. So um, it's called the Bostic um, versus Clayton County uh, ruling. And the ruling pretty much alludes to the fact that the 1964 Civil Rights Act provides protection to gay, lesbian and transgender employees uh, from discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender identity. Now, let me talk about this for a minute because it just passed. I am an advocate that if you live in the United States of America, you should receive zero discrimination. Zero. I mean, I don't care who you sleeping with. It ain't got nothing to do with me. Can you get the job done or you cannot? And that's all that should matter when it comes to employment. Now, here's the problem that I have is that the Civil Rights Act had nothing to do with a person's sexual preferences because not every person that's gay or even claims to be born that way. Some people choose to live a lifestyle to be gay or lesbian or trans. They choose to be a trans and they sometimes they go back on it. They don't want to be trans no more. So in my personal opinion, people can disagree with me because I'm a firm believer in the Bible. I don't believe people are born this way. There's no unequivocal evidence that somebody's born gay. There's no gay gene. There's no scientific proof. So you're left to people's personal experiences. And if you say you were born that way, that's fine. But I'm not going to agree with it because there's no scientific proof that that suggests that. But I do not like the fact that it's being conflated with civil rights, the Civil Rights Act, because black people in America were born black. They could not control if they were born black. They didn't come out the closet as being born black. They can't go back in the closet as being born black. And they don't have a choice as being born some way versus a person having a, a personal preference. Because to be quite honest, um, if you decide to be, I don't know, uh, bisexual, who, who, who knows that you're bisexual? Unless you are telling people what you're doing in the bedroom at night. Other than that, who, who's the, who's to say that they know what you're doing in your sex life? You can even say if you if you're transgender and you have, you know, if you if you some people can pass. There's a thing called passing. Like some people can't pass. They look like a man with a dress on. Some some people actually look like women, whether it's surgeries or whatever. Most people don't care. Most people don't even know. I'm pretty sure I've run into a lot of transgender people that have no idea who they are. And so I just think personally that these are two different arguments to be had. I do think if you're a gay, lesbian, trans or whatever, you should be protected um, when you go to work. People should be focusing on, can you get the job done? There should be no discrimination at all. I mean, if you're short, tall, I mean, people should, in this country, people should say, can you do the job that I've asked you to do or not? If you're a transgender police officer, ain't no, nobody cares. Can you, can you uphold the law if you can and you can pass the standards, then what's the point of making a big deal? So I'm a supporter of everybody ha having equal opportunities to do things in this country. I am not a supporter on the piggybacking of all of these movements on the Civil Rights Act, because that's not what the Civil Rights Act was about. Because in this country, there was no gay water fountain and straight water fountain. There was not. There was no trans uh, bus rides and non-trans bus rides. It came down specifically to the color of your skin. 
my grandmother and great-grandmother had to drink out of a separate water fountain than white people. That there was no restrictions on whether my grandmother was sleeping with a woman or not. That was not associated. And I just had to throw that out there because it, things begin to bother me the more and more we conflate. And I'm telling you guys, as sure as I'm, I'm sitting here on the radio, is that when you begin to manipulate uh, different ag advocacies that are unrelated, you have everybody piggybacking off the next. And I'm telling you this, you have the Civil Rights Act that was about black suffrage. Then if you go on, you put LGBTQ in it. You know what's happening, what's gonna happen next is they're gonna, they're gonna put pedophilia in it. I'm telling you, I'm telling you that's what's gonna happen. We already see man boy love organizations and people who are saying that they were born to like young children. And if you don't have any scientific evidence to prove that they weren't born that way, what's, how are you gonna tell them that they haven't been born to like young children and dabble in pedophilia, but you can tell somebody who's you know, gay or lesbian that they were born that way? You can't, you gotta be equal across the board. Either there's a gene, there's scientific proof, or you have to say, no, that's a choice that you're making. Um, and I'm not conflating pedophilia and being gay, clearly. Um, if you're an ignorant person, maybe you want to draw that conclusion. But I'm just saying that the next piggyback is going to be pedophilia piggybacking off of the LGBTQ community and their needs and wants and desires um, in the same spirit that people are piggybacking off of the civil rights movement. So anyway, I'm out of time this week. Thank you for listening to the Brandon Tatum Show. Make sure you visit UncleTom.com. Use discount code Brandon. I'll see you next week. Hold the phone. Brandon Tatum, KTAR News, 92.3 FM.